Welcome to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long. With your hosts, Calvin Wright and JT Runke. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Here we are heading into week for JT Runke and I. We are here to break down this Thursday night matchup and give you some players that we think this is a make or break week. Players who, you know, you might have spent a high draft pick on. And so far through the first three weeks, we haven't seen a lot. So it's is it time to panic on these guys? We're going to let you know. Uh, how have you been today, JT? I'm good. You know, it has been a busy week so far here in Nashville covering the Titans specifically. So never a dull day um, with, with the constant... Uh, hammerings from the fans to bench Tannehill and whatnot but you know we we move on trying to do our jobs and I'm good I'm excited to talk some uh, fantasy football because once again I feel like this is a good spot finally where we are just like we've seen three weeks and we're starting to get basically Mm -hmm. enough sample size to really see how the fantasy landscape is shaping up through uh, three weeks so yeah I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, the first week or two can be a fluke, then it's a trend. But after week four, it's kind of you you start to have an idea of how the rest of the season will go. So I'm going to start things off with two players that I think this is a make or break week for them. The first one is Jameer Gibbs. As you know, I loved Jameer Gibbs coming to the season, drafted him in pretty much every league I could. He was profit approved. But through the first three weeks, We haven't seen a lot of fantasy production. Week one, 27% snap share. Now it jumps to 48 and then 60. He saw 17 carries. To A week ago, he saw nine targets. But this utilization, it hasn't matched up. He hasn't found the end zone. And it hasn't resulted in a single uh, fantasy football game where fantasy managers were happy with the performance. Now we're into week four. David Montgomery should be back, perhaps maybe a little limited, but he is trending to play. And Green Bay is a decent matchup for Jameer Gibbs. And this Thursday night primetime game, I think this is really the, the last chance for Jameer Gibbs to prove himself as an auto start. You you win in this season. He's an auto start because you spend an early draft pick on him. They, they The Lions spent a first rounder on him, and we know the talent. But if he, week four, he can't produce a good fantasy game, I think you start having to consider other running backs when you're starting your team. Uh, So it'll be interesting, I think, to see how does the timeshare work out now that Gibbs is no longer, you know, in his first game or something and David Montgomery is there. Is he still getting volume on the ground with David Montgomery there? Uh, With David Montgomery there, is he going to see volume through the air, especially with uh, Sam Laporta ascending in this offense? This is a really pivotal week for Jameer Gibbs. And if he breaks out, you know, 15 to 20 points, I think we okay, we can't panic on Gibbs. It might be a little inconsistent, but we're good. But if we get another, you know, eight, nine point performance, I think it's time to start looking elsewhere at the running back. Do you, what do you, do you agree with that? Or are you giving it a little more time? I, I would, I would agree with that because it, as we know, David Montgomery is questionable this week. Um, so, and if he is indeed there, I feel like we've seen a week without um david montgomery there and he does get the carries but no receiving volume um and we've seen the weeks where david montgomery gets a bulk of the carries and jameer gibbs is in that receiving role um so it's gone back and forth 
And I think now that we've seen both of them, if David Montgomery does go in this game, I would be interested to see if we more get a, a more split timeshare in the backfield as they've now worked him kind of into the NFL game through three games. Um, and the biggest thing I think out of all of this, which is a make or break, is the receiving work going to be there? Obviously mm-hmm. was not there last week. Um, could be because they just had the Falcons numbers last week and and decided to just run it uh, down their throats last week, and that was kind of their game plan. Um, but especially going up against this good Green Bay uh, defensive front, I'm expecting them to throw the ball a lot, and we really need to see the, the targets uh, go to Gibbs for him to be considered an RB2 or even better going forward. Mm-hmm. If, if we could just get his his targets to be averaged out over the three games to about 4.5 that'd be a lot better than 292 very inconsistent the next player i've got who this is this is it for me and i have him in a few leagues and this is the last week that not just i'm starting but i'm holding him in the roster and that's justin fields someone with a ton of preseason hype we saw over the back half of last season he was one of the top quarterback options so far this season it hasn't just been bad it's been it's been abysmal. horrible. It I mean, is, I, yeah, I can't not good word. At all. abysmal. Yeah, just it's been as bad as it could possibly be from a fantasy perspective, from a real life football perspective. This offense and Justin Fields, it's it's awful. But now we get Denver, and they've talked so much about how we're we're going to fix this offense. This is the week if they cannot have a decent game offensively against Denver. I'm done with Fields. I, I'm not even recommending starting him. I'm saying I'm done as in you can bench him and, and or drop him in leagues and pick someone else up. Because if you can't perform against Denver, who just had 70 points dropped on them, uh, and, and it's not an offense that is going to be super high scoring and then, ah, oh, the game script got ugly. No, this is the prime opportunity to feel, for Fields and this Bears offense to rebound. If they can't do it here this week, I don't think it's happening. I, I think that there's a chance that he, he, he rebounds, and that's why I'm not dropping him yet, but I don't think I have the confidence to start him in any of my leagues. And if he continues to struggle week four, I mean, 10 points last week, 12 the week before, if if this trend continues, I don't think he's worth a roster spot in, in most leagues. I really don't. I think there are better guys out there available. Uh, Jordan Love uh, is, is out on a lot of leagues, and I would rather have him. I'm starting him over fields in several leagues. So... This is my last chance for this Bears offense. After this, it's they are just officially horrible. It's not a slow start to the season. And I agree with that. I think if there was one more time this season to play Justin Fields, it might be this week. Um, this this Denver Broncos team is also just as battered and, and just kind of on the wrong side uh, of of the of the league right now. These are two teams that are uh, desperate for a win. Otherwise. I think for both of these teams, you start to really consider um, how much outlook you have on this season. And with a guy like Caleb Williams coming down the down the line, especially for for the Bears, who have their own first round pick and another 0-3 team's first round pick in Carolina, like, do you start to consider maybe it is time to throw in the towel? This obviously has not worked. And there's a guy in Caleb uh, Williams or Drake May next season who we like even better. So I think... Mm-hmm. this this is the last stop for Justin Fields this week 
if the Bears lose, I, I don't think there's going to be any uh, um, just upside for for any of these Bears players the rest of the season because I think this front office and this Bears team is going to shift their their viewpoint going forward. I, yep, I agree. Well, who do you have for us? So my first two here are going to be two running backs who uh, this season they, they are guys who have been in the league for for, for a little bit now. Um, but they still were drafted within the top four rounds. And the first one I have here is Josh Jacobs. Um, obviously, he was the running back one last season, um, kind of lit up the league with how much volume he was getting. Um, and, and he still is continuing to get that volume through three games. Um, he had 19 attempts, nine attempts and 17 attempts. Of course, in the Buffalo game, uh, it was it kind of seems like an outlier regardless. Um Nine attempts for negative two yards. That is a Las Vegas team that just came up against a very good Buffalo front seven, um, and they were never going to run that ball if they had a chance to win. We're out of that game very, very early. Um, but in the other two games, 19 for 48, not a good uh, yards per carry. 17 for 62, also not what you want to see out of your focal featured running back on your offense. Um, and this is the really the last thought for me. The, the only thing that's really giving me hope is because he's still being used like he was last season, seeing more than 15 touches um, in, in those two games where they really decided to use him. He's a guy that I think going up against this Los Angeles Chargers front seven, like if, if there isn't a time to do it, it, it's just not going to happen. I get that he's played some pretty uh, stout run defenses so far, but if you cannot get it going against the Los Angeles Chargers this week, I'm, I'm, pretty concerned i i would i would be totally out on josh jacobs after this week if he cannot get it going um he hasn't even scored yet this season so it, it's it's tough sledding for him right now and if he doesn't get it going this week i'm looking to ship him off yeah i agree it's uh it's it's tough for josh jacobs owners but this is we have to remember last season was more of an anomaly, I think, than this one. He's always been a decent running back, but last year where he just lit the league on fire, that seemed like there was regression heading. I don't think anyone thought it would be at this level, though. So it's just brutal. Yeah, it, it's brutal. And another running back who has been equally or worse uh, than Josh Jacob is Najee Harris, another guy that you kind of took a third or fourth round flyer on this season, hoping he would bounce back. That obviously has not been the case. Um, I saw someone earlier this week say that Najee Harris out there right now is looking like he's he's playing football, like he's running with jeans on, like <laughs> like he is. Um, he doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look like he has juice. He he doesn't look like he has that power. Um, it, it's really interesting how they are using Najee Harris as well through the first two weeks against San Francisco and Cleveland too, which I'll give them credit Two of the best run defenses in the league so far this season. Um, he had six attempts and 10 attempts, uh, for his best of the season has been 4.3 yards per carry. And that was against Cleveland, who is a good defense. So I, I will give that to him. Um, and then he finally started getting the volume last week uh, with 19 touches against the Las Vegas Raiders. This week, he goes up against the Houston Texans team that's giving up the fifth most points to running backs. And if, if there is a time that that Najee Harris can get going, it has to be this week. Otherwise, I, I, I'm not going to be uh, looking to 
even roster Najee Harris going forward mm-hmm. because even after that he has Baltimore and the bye and the Rams. So after that, like if Najee Harris does have a good week, I'm looking to sell high on him because I, I'm really, even if it is a make or break week, I'm leaning towards being out on Najee Harris. Yeah, it's it's been brutal. And Jalen Warren will continue preaching this. He needs to be rostered in, in leagues. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be you know, a great, great start unless there's injury because the Steelers, they seem very committed to Najee, but the 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 floor that he has as a receiver makes him really someone that I'm, I'm always shocked when I see how available he is in, in sleeper platforms. But that brings me, my next one is Chris Godwin. Look, heading into the season, there was the big question mark. Will Baker Mayfield be able to support fantasy wide receivers? So far, he has been able to. Which one will he support? Is it going to be Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? And through three weeks, it has far and away been Mike Evans that has been the the fantasy-relevant wide receiver. 18, 29, and 17 points. 10 targets, 8 targets, 10 targets. He's been great. The number 5 wide receiver in PPR formats right now. Chris Godwin, the number 48 wide receiver. And I think that there's you know some sort of chance that maybe... This is just, you know, Baker doesn't feel fully comfortable and he's targeting the much bigger receiver right now. Or there's a chance that Chris Godwin is by far the two on this team. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is good enough to support a one and a two, or at least a strong two. I think this is kind of the last chance for Chris Godwin to show that he deserves to be in your starting lineup. Still only still started in 70% of leagues on sleeper, but he's had 10 points, 10 points, and 8 points. And these are in PPR scoring formats, but the yardage has been abysmal, 51, 58, and 32. This is a tough matchup against New Orleans, and then you get a bye week. So they're, you know, if he can't do it against New Orleans, then you get a bye week. You're into week six, and you haven't had a good game from Chris Godwin. So I know it's a tough matchup, but personally, if he can't do it this week, I'm, I'm looking to bench him everywhere, and I'm looking to trade him for what I can based on the name value because we're going to be into week six, and we will not have seen anything from Chris Godwin potentially. And that's, you know, it's, it's tough because he was great with Brady, but Baker Mayfield is a very, very different quarterback. He throws it downfield a lot more than Brady did. And Chris Godwin, he has had injuries, so he might not be quite the player that he used to be. But this is kind of last chance for Chris Godwin to show that he's someone who should be even considered in your fantasy lineup. And then my next one is a wide receiver. A wide receiver that I loved coming into the season, Jahan Dotson. But through three weeks, he's been abysmal. 74 is his ranking in PPR leagues. Uh, started in now 20% of leagues. People have obviously lost confidence. He and McLaurin, it, the past week, uh, McLaurin out uh, had more targets by far, uh, but but week one, seven targets, five targets, four targets. So it's not exactly the volume that I'm worried about. It's the quality of targets and the yardage. Uh, you know, 40 yards, 22 yards, 21 yards. We're getting to a point, I'm not sure if Sam Howell can support fantasy-relevant wide receivers. I thought he could, what we saw in preseason, some some flashes we've seen. I thought, okay, he's going to be good enough. But now we get Philadelphia, a secondary that that is giving up yardage. Uh, it's a tough defensive line, but the secondary itself is beatable in fantasy. And I think that this is the last chance for Jahan Dotson, potentially against Chicago, although I, that just could be a horrible game. 
But if he gets through week four and hasn't given you a double-digit fantasy performance, I don't know if he's worth rostering. And I, I still believe in the talent. I still believe in the player. But if we get to week four, we're heading into week five, and we're looking at three, four straight dud performances, not only do you have to bench him, just just drop him, move on. There are better options emerging on the waiver wire all along. And you have to be willing to cut some of these players that you might have drafted believing in. You know, when, when players like Puka Nakua show up on the waiver wire or uh, Devon Achan show up on the waiver wire, it can be hard to go, oh, Jahan Dotson, one of my preseason favorites, I spent that pick on him. It, but you have to be willing to cut your losses at some point. And at this point, if Jahan Dotson busts another week in a row, I'm cutting my losses and he'll be one of the players that I'm dropping for whoever is on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of those. Um, Jahan Dotson, I think I think there are better days ahead for this Washington Commanders team um, just because of how soft I think their matchups are going to be going forward. I think there are going to be some times where, where you do get some value out of him with with Mike Evans I, I think you're totally right right now that I think we were going into the year thinking that Baker Mayfield it, it, Baker Mayfield is not even close to what Tom Brady was and I think they play two different styles of quarterback and, and that's kind of shown up that where whereas Tom Brady really liked um, throwing it underneath to Chris Godwin, who is a great route runner. Baker Mayfield is more about just looking for his progressions and, and taking the first one he can. And sometimes that's Mike Evans just streaking down the field, and that's what Baker Mayfield is going to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I think this is the week for Chris Godwin because also mentioned it is against the Saints, and th- there has always been a heated uh contentious rivalry between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. So I would not expect anything out of Mike Evans this week because Marshawn Lattimore does a good job of locking him up, which leaves Chris Godwin as really the best target on this Bucks team this week. So yeah, those are two that I agree with. I think they're make or breaks this week. Another guy that I think has a make or break week this week. It's another wide receiver. Um, and, and that is Traylon Burks for the Tennessee Titans. Um, The thing I can say about Traylon Burks is that it's been frustrating for him um, because I don't think that his his 4, 10, and 1.5 point performances are really telling of of the opportunities that he's had. Um, Going into, obviously, he had a good game against the Los Angeles Chargers um, where he caught three or four balls for 76 yards. However, one of those balls was for 70 yards. So that is what Traylon Burks does. He is the big-time, big playmaker runs down the field, streaking down the field, um, contested catch guy. Problem is he is not, he has not been able to bring in those contested catches. And this is something that I've talked about all week that if Traylon Burks wants to develop and become a wide receiver one on this team, he needs to bring those balls in and he's just not doing it. Um, he, he he's struggling to make those contested catches. Um, but he is a talented route runner and a very physical wide receiver. So, uh, especially going up against the Cincinnati team that's also going to have to deal with DeAndre Hopkins and has let receivers like Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell last week kind of bring fantasy value. I, I think this is the week that Traylon Burks needs to have a good game in order for him to be relevant going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. It's I don't think you can start him anywhere, but yeah, it's, it's brutal because there's so many of these players that we love the talent and the situation, it looks great on paper. 
And it's so hard when when you believe in everything and it just doesn't work. <laughs> but yep. the volume, I mean, last week, six six targets, that's reassuring. But three yards, that's not. Or five yards, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not. Um, yeah, he caught his first ball of the day and then dropped like three others. So it, it, it's tough for him. And the next guy that also is having a frustrating year, I think, is Darren Waller. Uh, the tight end for the New York Giants. Obviously, with this team, um, everything is frustrating right now for the New York Giants. I, I feel as if um, they're in a rough spot right now and they are a struggling offense. It seems like the Brian Dable uh, year one magic has kind of drifted away and now we've, we've kind of seen this Giants team for who they are. But it, it really is just kind of unencouraging right now that even with Saquon Barkley out, despite seeing seven targets last week against San Francisco was only able to haul in three of those for 20 yards. Like he has to be um, the, the number one receiving target on this team. And so far um, his best, his best game um, going six of eight for 76 yards and not even a score when that, that offense is a pass happy offense and needs to get back in a game against Arizona. Like I'm not impressed with Darren Waller yet. So going into this week where he's playing a Seattle Seahawks team that's going to be throwing the ball just as much as the Giants do, he needs to have a good week, I think, for him to be considered a top five fantasy option rest of season when you consider guys like the resurgence of George Kittle and Sam Laporta becoming a very valuable tight end option. Uh, this has to be the week for Darren Waller. Yeah, I agree. And and I think we, we forgot to mention that Wandale Robinson is also getting back from his ACL tear, which which could potentially, if he you know stays healthy, shrink the target share for Waller as well. I mean, last week only twenty two percent of snaps laid for Wandale, but he saw five targets in those that twenty two percent snap share, which obviously he was attracting the eyes of Jones. So, yeah, you got to be concerned as a Waller owner. But uh, let's move on to the Thursday night sleeper picks. Uh, some some of our kind of favorite player prop over unders for Thursday night. I, I don't know about you. I think that the Packers upset the Lions in this game. They're currently the underdog by about one and a half points where I was looking. Uh, do you think that the Lions pull this one out? Um, so right now, I, I am I am a betting man. Our, our show here in Nashville is very betting savvy. Um, I, I'm looking at this line very interestingly right now. Of course, it is at home at Lambeau, um, a, a primetime game. I don't think Jared Goff is very good in primetime. Um, so right now I'm leaning, uh, to get the, the Packers right now with that line. I, I think they do have the talent, especially if, and if I'm taking that line right now, especially if Aaron Jones ends up going and David Bakhtiari is able to go and Jair Alexander is able to go like, this is a, this is a Packers team that's going to get back healthy and they've been playing good so far. They, they just, they're, the momentum is high with this team after, mm-hmm. um, that comeback win last week. So I think this is a good spot for the Packers and I'm with you. I, I, if I had to pick right now, I think I'm pick, I'm leaning Packers tomorrow night. Well, my favorite player prop over under for this game, I think, is probably Luke Musgrave at uh, 9.6 fantasy points. He's been getting more and more involved each week. He, he's looked great, honestly, on the field. And there have been several plays where if Love had just, you know, thrown him a decent ball, he, he would have already been considered, you know, a fantasy football breakout. There have been, I think, two potential deep touchdowns that Love has just airmailed the ball. But this Detroit Lions defense, they're giving up the third most points to the tight end position. And we look at Luke Musgrave, eight targets last week, 
projected for 3.5 this week. I think that he is going to have a very nice fantasy game. And I think that he's being undervalued right now. Uh, so on sleeper picks, yeah, I'm taking the over on everything. But also he's someone that I would definitely be trying to add in, in my in my league onto my roster where the tight end position is very scarce. There aren't uh, scarce. There are not a ton of options for, for Jordan Love to really trust. We've seen a lot of drops already. So Musgrave, I think, is going to be a pretty integral part of this offense moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, even though we do starts and sits on Fridays, like I, I think Musgrave is a must start. Like you said, um, the Lions are giving up the third most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Luke Musgrave is becoming even more integral into this offense. I do think Christian Watson maybe takes away from that, but that's how that's how you attack this Detroit Lions team, especially as banged up as their secondary is. Like I think Luke Musgrave really has a chance um, to have a really good fantasy day. Um, so I'm with you on that one. I love that pick right there. Do you have any in in this game that you're pretty high on, or? Um. So so I have I have one or two, especially with the fantasy points. I'm I'm riding the wave of Romeo Dobbs one more mm-hmm. week. Um, just because right now I think you can get the line on sleeper 9.6 fantasy projected fantasy points as well. I'm taking the over because once again, we don't know if Christian Watson's going to play, even if he does. Um, I think it's going to be tough for him to really get into a rhythm with Jordan love. And as much as Romeo Dobbs has been this wide receiver one on this team, I think that if Christian Watson is back on the field, still he demands the, the, the alpha coverage by this lines, um, defense. So I think Romeo Dobbs is is a great play as well this week because of the connection he's been building with the uh with, with Jordan Love. So that's one that I'm taking the over as well. Um and, and maybe the last week that if you have Romeo Dobbs and he has another good week, you could sell him um because I do think that as we get into the season, Christian Watson comes back and, and assumes that wide receiver one role. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think I'm actually starting him in several leagues this week. He's He's been good. He's been very good, and uh, especially in the red zone, they've been able to trust him. Uh, do you like Amon Ross St. Brown over 74 and a half receiving yards? 102 the past two weeks. Yeah, he's been he's been really good um so far and he undoubtedly he is the the number one target still on this offense. Um 74 is a really interesting line considering that they may have Jair Alexander back um this week. I I I would actually probably say the under because I okay. think that this 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 I, but it's close, right? Like that is a very interesting line, but I think I'm going to go the under just because I think that you're going to have to spread it around against this Green Bay offense. I don't think you can, or Green Bay defense. I don't think you can just force feed someone like Amon Ross St. Brown that you can against other defenses. So I think I'm going to go under in this game on that one. All right. Any more that you're into? I, I know I'm taking David Montgomery anytime touchdown if he's on the field. David Montgomery anytime touchdown. That's a nice one. I do actually <laughs> like. Um, the, a pick that is on sale right now for for sleeper um Sam Laporta over three and a half receptions I think he gets over that he has been um more and more targeted in this in this offense every single uh week and he just is kind of growing into his own last week um had 11 targets he's had over three and a half he's had over four targets in every single game in his first game he had five against Seattle at six. And then last week he has 11 targets. I think I can, I can, I think that continues um, to progress in that direction. So 
Give me that one as well. Uh, Sam Laporta over three and a half receptions that you can get right now. Um, they, they've they've moved the line from four and a half, but now you can get it at three and a half. So um, I think that's a steal. Yeah, three and a half is is definitely a steal, especially if Alexander is there. There's going to be a lot of focus on uh, on Amon Ra. So that he he might be the the real main target for Jared Goff, and we'd hope that uh, Gibbs might see some of that as well, some love from Jared Goff this week. But I'm excited for that game. This is you know going to be a good rivalry, and this division is close enough with those two that it's always nice when there's real you know playoff implications this early in the season. So. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to to cover before we we sign off today. Yeah, let, let's break down a couple news topics that I did have that I thought are were interesting that we haven't. Um, first of all, we should talk about Mike Williams before we get out of mm-hmm. here. Um, what to do with that kind of situation? He is done for the year with an ACL tear. Um, honestly, like for him to already say that he should be good for next training camp, like I feel like this happens every single year that he has a very traumatic like leg or knee injury. Like, but like kudos to him for just like keep trying, you know, like to get out on the field every single day. Um, he, Mike Williams does have that dog in him. However, for fantasy purposes, um, obviously we, we uh, wish him a speedy recovery, but we do look to now what options the, um, the Los Angeles chargers have in his stead Um, two options. I think between Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston, one who has been with the team for a a decent time now. And then the first round draft rookie this season, if if you had to pick one of the two right now, um, which one are you going with? If I need someone to start this week, I'm going Joshua Palmer. We saw last season when everyone was injured, he could have massive games, but if I'm looking for a long-term hold who might develop into a weekly start, I think I, I like the upside with, with Quinton Johnston. Palmer wasn't really able to to be a consistently good fantasy asset last year when he was pretty much the only receiver. He'd have massive spike weeks, but then disappear. And I think that's probably what we'll continue to get with Palmer. Whereas Quinton Johnston, it might take a few weeks for him to really start seeing a lot of the volume. But I think that he was drafted to be this potential replacement for Mike Williams. I mean, they knew that these wide receivers have injury problems and they went out and drafted him. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think, see, I'm a little higher on Joshua Palmer because of just how long he's been it with this team. Uh, last season when Mike Williams was out, Joshua Palmer averaged 16.6 fantasy points a game. I think currently he's going to be that guy. And I think that this this Chargers team slow plays their wide receivers. We, we, we've we even seen so far that Quentin Johnson just hasn't been as involved, especially with after Mike Williams going down last week, Joshua Palmer fills in like he wasn't even gone, you know, like yeah. it scores that touchdown. Um, so I think for right now, Going forward, I think Joshua Palmer is the guy. I think Quentin Johnson is worth the pickup in almost every league. Um, but right now, I, I get the talent. But it, 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 it's sometimes hard for these rookie wide receivers, especially a guy like Quentin Johnson who had some question marks around him um, at the beginning of the season in terms of is he able to separate against uh, the secondaries. Yeah, It might take some time. And so I'm not ready to jump on the Quentin Johnson hype train yet. And then the last piece of news we had was Cam Akers is going to be active this week. Uh, I know that I'm not starting him, and I know that it just hurts Alexander Madison, who despite a good fantasy game, he had a lot of lot of bad plays. He had some drops, had some fumbles that got saved by the refs. 
But I, I think that this just becomes a very muddy backfield and I'm holding them all on my bench till we get some more, you know, we get to see what happens. What about you? Uh, I'm with you. I, I will say like, if we see Cam Akers this week, um, go out there and have maybe like four rushing attempts. However, he gets like six targets this week. What are you, what are you making of that come next week? I think I'd flex him then if he sees that sort yeah. of volume as a pass catcher. Yeah. Especially PPR. Because Madison, he he doesn't have the best hands. Uh, no, so, he, he's, he's he has ball security control yeah, yeah. Uh, issues all the time. This is the type of thing where I could see Acres being the backup, and then Madison makes a big mistake, and he's he's it's just okay. Now it's Cam Akers' backfield. Uh, I mean, we we saw that in pass from Melvin Gordon with his ball security issues. Teams don't like running backs who fumble. They they don't. Yes, uh, and they said, oh, we've got you know one hundred percent trust in Alexander Madison and then they go trade for Cam Akers. So I think that's a lot of coach speak. Uh, I, I'm not confident in Madison moving forward. Me neither. Um, was that, was that all we got for news? I think that's all we got. All right, then good luck, everyone. Uh, we hope you don't have any of those make or break players. Cause that's a <laughs> very stressful place, place to be in, but uh, we'll be back Friday or Saturday with kind of the starts and sits of the week. And we're going to have fantasy docs on, to do an injury breakdown because those are starting to pile up uh, very quickly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time.